The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. All right, you ready for a couple of tidbits from Red Raider football with Joey McGuire from last night? Sure. Okay. Um, these are just kind of in order of what he uh, what he talked about. And he he says, or calls, Rusty Stats, uh, your starting center, NFL caliber. Um, he thought, uh, he thinks one of the, his biggest strengths are, I mean, obviously his size and what he does, it's his natural position. But his ability to sprint to the football after every play and then bringing the other four linemen with him. We've, we have talked about that uh, before. Uh, but that just helps them with their speed of play. And he he alluded to this the other day, the new uh, first down rule with the clock not stopping. Doesn't really feel like that that's going to affect them a whole lot. Um, he he, They're, they're going to track that throughout the season with other games and with their games in terms of number of plays and does it really affect things a whole, a whole lot. And so far, it's like 50-50, but it's like five plays off maybe. And so they... They don't really feel like that that's going to be a big issue for them in terms of affecting either how they play or their style of play or or limiting them. They're just going to go fast no matter what. They're just going to go fast, right. Mm-hmm. He thought that before last year and before he got hurt that Cole Spencer was their best offensive line. And again, last night, um, talked about the strength of the offensive line and night and day up front was the quote between this year and last year which is, I think, what we're all hoping for. Uh, Dre McRae, the receiver, 10-200 speed, and basically says 4-4-40 speed just at any point in time. So he just has walking around 4-4-40 speeds, okay? Sounds like running around. Yeah, he said, dude, he said, dude has serious speed. <laughs> That's what he said. But the other thing that he said was that it takes pressure off a guy like Miles Price um, and it's probably going to open some things up because people are going to have to pay attention to Dre McCray downfield. So, I mean, it's just, it obviously it gives you another asset, you know, add strength to your football team, probably add some length, probably is going to help with those explosive plays that he wants to see on offense, and they want to reduce those explosive plays on defense. So they got a little oppo thing going. You know, last year they didn't have enough on offense and had too much on defense. You know, he said the other day, he said, you know, I, I love our red zone defense, but it's okay to stop them before they get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to stop them before they get there. Uh, Tyler Owens, the uh, transfer defensive back, he says by some scouts from the NFL, including the New England Patriots, that he is the number one ranked special teams player coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, right. Well, they rank special teams guys. Right. I think they probably rank everybody. Uh, he also says that Tyler Owens, I just told you about Dre McCray's speed. He says Tyler Owens is the fastest player on the team. Okay. Okay. Fastest player on the team. Um, now, with regard to uh, the, the altitude in uh, Wyoming, and uh, he said, you know, basically he was, they were, he was asked about how they prepare for that. And he said, one of the things that in playing a team like Wyoming, that's coached by Craig Bowl, who was, you know, at, at Northwestern state and Chris Kleiman was there as well, that 
because of the style of play that they have, that this will help prepare them for a game against K-State just because of the style of play and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on at K-State and what's going on at Wyoming. And then he said the altitude will help them prepare for BYU where they go later this year. So they're planning on going early to BYU as well um, that, that Thursday before instead of the Friday before. Now, here's, 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 where, here's, here's some new little tidbit for you. And I kind of feel I want to know if you were going to prepare for a altitude hike or going to – uh, go to the game if you would do this. He talked about hydrating the team. He says, "Got to hydrate, got to hydrate, got to hydrate." And their their dietitian has had the team over the last two weeks. And I don't know how big the glasses are, but before practice, before they go, they have to drink this go go juice. Okay, and the go go juice, Jamie, is beet juice. Oh yeah. Beet, beet juice. juice. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about beet juice? So I don't think I would drink it. I don't, <laughs> don't think I would either. <laughs> but apparently, if you want to play in this football game, you have to drink the beet juice. Okay. Okay. So I don't. And he I've w- heard the whole hydrating thing. He wasn't asked if um, if he uh, is making the coaches and himself do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not on the field, but I, I mean, wouldn't imagine they would have. But to. I mean, you know, if you're gonna, you know, all all for the team, right? If you're a part of the team, you should you should you're part of the team, right? No, no. You know, dude, I like, mean, they're coaches; they're not having to run around. What about what about uh, Choice Woodman and Chris Level, who will be with the team? Do they need to be drinking beet juice? Choice drinks much worse than beet juice. <laughs> he would not have an issue with it. He would not. Mm-mm. Okay, he's a healthy drinker. No, he drinks pickle juice. He does drink pickle juice on the reg, like uh, on the, on our hikes. He does. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know I know your aversion to pickles. That does he keep it covered? Because I know that you don't even like the smell of pickle juice, let alone coffee. I hate pickle juice. <laughs> no, holy but goody. Yeah. Yeah. Pickle juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he also revealed because uh, they he was asked about um, you know climbing the crane and all that kind of stuff. He said that uh, at one point in time in his life, when he was 21, he bungee jumped over the Guadalupe. Uh, it was 185 feet. He said the crane was 220 some odd feet, but uh, the um, bungee jump over the Guadalupe was uh, 185 feet when he was wow. 21. Would you? Did you ever bungee jump? No, I. I well, kinda. I have. Just off a off a cliff, you just run and jump and bungee mm-hmm. jump, and it pulls you down. It's not like off a bridge or anything like that, where your your um where your head is going down. Yeah, you go feet first this way. You just okay. run and jump off. The, the harnesses are strapped to your shoulders in your midsection or whatever, and you just run and jump off. Did it cinch you up a little bit when you when you jumped over? You were wondering if the everything would hold. That one was actually easier than some of the other stuff that that particular thing had me do. So it was it was our, and with my feet facing down, I felt pretty comfortable. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's a there's and then a, it just catches you halfway down, mm-hmm. and then you slowly get down to the bottom. <laughs> but for a little bit there, you're just. I mean, free falling. Free falling. So it's a little bit. If you were parachuted? No. Would you? No, thanks. No. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. 
Today is August the 30th. One more day left in August. Here is uh, Jeff McGuire. Today plus tomorrow we two, but I mean, you got one additional. But here's Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Does that make sense? I, I'm sorry. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, I was kind of confused on all of that. That's, that's so, fair. It's completely so fair. You, you may have nailed it. I was just confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more day after today. How about that? 1941. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little irritated, doesn't he? <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals, Lon Warnicki. No hits. The Cincinnati Reds, two to nothing. Mm. 1965, Casey Stengel announces his retirement after 55 years Goodness. in baseball. It's a pretty good run. He had a good run. 1984, Red Sox Jim Rice grounds into a record 33rd double play of the season. Mm. He would have three more to finish with 36 on the year. So a lot of things have to happen there. Guy on base in front of him, a bunch. That guy probably had a high OBP. Um, Probably have to be a guy that hits the ball hard. And probably would benefit if you were slow, too. Not, not the speediest guy. Big day in 1987. Knuckleballer Charlie Huff is on the mound for the Rangers. Catcher, uh, catcher Gino Pirelli ties the major league record by allowing six passed balls. Mm. Was it Gino Petrolli? That's probably the name. Gino Petrolli, yeah. Also on... In he the, wasn't a tire. A Pirelli tire. Nah. No. Should have clued in on that. Also in 87, Kirby Cup Kirby Puckett goes 6 for 6 with two home runs in a Minnesota Twins 10 to 6 win over the Milwaukee Brewers. He was such a fun player. It's just so stinking sad that mm-hmm. his reputation is so tarnished. And in 1987, the second World Championships took place Carl Lewis wins the gold medal in the 100 meter after Ben Johnson is disqualified for steroid use. Remember, I don't know, feels like it was about six months ago when I thought Michael Johnson was the steroid guy. It was Ben Johnson. Yeah. Not Michael Johnson. Yeah. Ben Johnson was the guy. We got that that day. Yeah. We got that cleaned up. I feel bad that I tarnished his reputation. Is he a Baylor guy, though? Michael, jo- I believe so. Yeah, well, never mind. I don't feel bad. <laughs> 1991, Michael Powell of the U.S. sets a then long jump record, 29 feet, four and a half inches. For the record, we like to call that flying. And in 2012, on his birthday, Andy Roddick announces that he will retire following the U.S. Open. It is National Toasted Marshmallow Day. You use the toasted marshmallows for a special treat, don't you? And that treat is called. I don't know what else you would do with toasted marshmallows. Oh, but just maybe eat them. You do? Okay. Yeah, just like if I'm at a campfire? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. just eat them. Yeah. Sure, eat them. That's too right, much just, for me. I can't. Just eat them. I'm not a huge marshmallow fan. That's the, pretty much the only time. Yeah. That and, and in Lucky Charms, but I don't think those are real marshmallows. S'mores. In Lucky Charms. Is that right? S'mores. <gasps> yeah. He got it. it right. I'm so proud. 
Uh, birthday today. Mm-hmm. The one, the only Waco Woodman turns 33 today. Oh, wow. So, you know, everybody, uh, how do you celebrate somebody who's got everything, including a lazy river around his house? I don't know. Uh, happy birthday to Cameron Diaz, who's 51. Warren Buffett, 93. Adam Wainwright, 42. Andy Roddick is 41. And Cliff Lee is 45. And on this day in 1967, Thurgood Marshall becomes the first African-American to be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. He would remain on the court for 24 years before retiring for health reasons. And that is this day in sports history. All right, this day in sports history. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we had a question on the chat line about uh, Ray Caldwell, the uh, Indians pitcher who was struck by lightning the, uh, a few days ago in 1919. The uh, question was, did we miss this? No, we did not. We talked about it and talked about the fact that Ray Caldwell stayed in the game after getting struck by lightning. <laughs> What's the craziest thing about it? It's not only was he struck by lightning and survived, he stayed in the game. It made him tough there in 1919, Jamie. Sure did. Uh, Alex Cobb almost was a future this day in sports history guy. Instead, he'll be a guy that came close but wasn't able to quite get it done. Uh, Alex Cobb pitching for the San Francisco Giants last night. 35 years old, came within uh, just a little bit, and he, he got to the ninth inning with two outs, and then Spencer Steer doubled. Uh, the Giants would go on to win over the Reds 6-1. Uh, to one. Uh, was a complete game for uh, for Mr. Cobb, but and he came uh, painfully close to uh, getting a no-hitter, which would have been the, the first no-hitter for the Giants, Jamie, in quite some time, like going back to uh, 2015 uh, for them uh, since they had last gotten a uh, pitcher to throw a no-hitter. So... That's uh, that's too bad for yeah. Alex Cobb. They hate that for any guy to get that close. To sure, come up short. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Last one was a guy by the name of Chris Heston on June the ninth, twenty fifteen, against the uh, the Mets. Hey, what do you th- what do you think about what the Angels did yesterday with releasing a a bunch of players? Basically, it's a it's a salary save. Um, there's going to be some players that are going to be available that were were waived uh, that are going to continue to play until they're picked up, but they can be picked up tomorrow. And then as long as they're on somebody's roster tomorrow, they would be available for postseason play. Yeah. I didn't think much about it at all, to be honest with you, but you're absolutely right that there could be a guy there that um, is going to be, that could factor into the playoff stretch or, you know, in the postseason. I mean, they, Include uh, a starter, Lucas Giolito, who they just traded for. Uh, relievers, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dominic Leone. Uh, a couple of hitters, a couple of outfielders. The thought is that with, with this savings, that they might be able to get under the payroll of uh, $233 million, which would then give them back a second-round draft pick if Shohei Otani leaves as a free agent rather than a fourth round selection. Okay. So that's that's part of it. Um but it's something that's somewhat unheard of in terms of of what they've what they've done and uh, you know in terms of releasing that number of players, especially frontline players, uh and trying to get them to uh 
to move on to somebody else and maybe save themselves some uh, some money and get underneath that uh, salary cap, so to speak. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. <clears throat> Go to DoubleT973.com for that on the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. We can talk some Red Raider football. Uh, Jamie, last year at this time, uh, going into game one, Coach McGuire said that we would see all all the quarterbacks and we would see all of them play. And Coach uh, Zach Kitley was asked about it the other day, and he was somewhat coy about it and said, well, you'll have to kind of wait and see in terms of if both will play. And if they would be used kind of similarly as, as they were last year, with you know regarding goal line plays and lining up on the offensive line, you know as a receiver in the backfield, whatever. Uh, last night on Red Raider football with Joey McGuire, Coach McGuire was asked about playing both quarterbacks, and he said that he would. He feels like that they will play both quarterbacks, but it will be totally different than last year. And then he said. We've, I felt like we had to last year. Okay. <laughs> he didn't elaborate as to why he had to, but he said, felt like we had to last year. Now, is the had to to keep people from leaving? or Well, they had two of them get hurt at the same time. No, no, no. I understand that. But early on, all three of them were available. In that, in yeah, those, and that in, was the plan. Yeah. and That, that was the, the plan. That was the plan. Right. We're going to play all three of yeah. these guys. You're going to see all of them. You're going to see them all. Mm-hmm. Even possibly on one play. Which we did. Which we did. And then we saw them all uh, individually um, play last year because Start. of injuries to Tyler Shuck and to Win. Baron Morton and obviously Donovan Smith. Um so anyway, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. He said, and so now he doesn't feel like we have to. He said we'll play both, but it'll be different than last year. Okay, right. And then without go on, what did you say the other part was? He said something about last year. He said we ha- felt like we had to. Yeah, felt like we had to last year. So okay, I'm it, gonna I'm gonna let you explain that to me. I. Why did you have to last year and not this year? Well, if if I'm just reading tea leaves and I'm just you know thinking out loud and going, mm-hmm. okay, I, I have a theory and I'm, my, my, I bet it's the same as yours. My, mine, mine is is that you're trying to keep everybody happy and keep people from transferring. So last year that was the case. That was the case. Were you right. worried about Morton transferring? Were you worried about Donovan Smith transferring? It, it, not necessarily. Tyler Shuck, because, I mean... He was the starter. He was the starter, yeah. So there wasn't any reason for him to worry until he got Okay, so now tell me why you're not worried this year. Because you're confident that Bear Morton's not going anywhere. Yeah. He assumes, probably as he did last year, that he'll be the starter next year. Yeah. And so why would it make sense for him to leave? Right. Or he also understands that Baron Morton is a lifelong Red Raider, and he wants to be a Red Raider. Yeah, but I think okay. both both of those things play into the fact for yeah. for Baron Morton. But then you run. tell us that Tyler Shuck could come back for another year. Well, he would he would have to appeal that. Okay, he would have to he would have to appeal for that. But he he could. But I don't think that's the I don't get that that's the str- plan by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. Yeah, uh, I think we have the same theory. Theory is that they're not worried about Baron Morton leaving because he's going to be the starter next year. I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, and then he did say that they want to play Jake 
strong some, but they want to redshirt him. Yeah. So he could play up to four games. Right. So that's the that was the the thought there. I just that's you know, it's just thought that it's been in, interesting to kind of hear the the difference on the quarterbacks from this year to last year um without just coming out and saying, "Hey, we wanted to keep everybody interested. So in order to do that, we've got to keep everybody playing to show them." Yeah, I don't, the, the, I, don't I don't think it was they wanted to keep them interested. I think it was that they wanted to keep them feeling like they had a chance so yeah. they wouldn't transfer. Yeah, that, yeah, I think exactly. they were interested. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I meant that the staff was interested in them and playing them and keeping them and all those, all those, all those kinds of, all those kinds of things. So yeah. that was, uh, that was, that was one of the things that was kind of interesting to me. Uh, the other uh, news to not come out from last night, uh, they had thought, and Coach McGuire had said this on Monday that he thought that when he said this on Monday, he said tomorrow um, that they would should get some news on A.J. McCarty, the defensive back transfer from Baylor. They, they have not gotten that call yet. And so I asked, is that good news or bad news? And don't know. Would seem to me, would seem to me that that's bad news. That if, if the NCAA was going to give him uh, uh, an immediate pass to be eligible to play this year that they would have done that by yesterday. Why? Okay. And I don't know. Give me some background here. Why, why is he not eligible like everybody else is eligible? Has he already transferred once? Did he transfer too late past the period? What's what's the reason? I think it's him? the, I think it's, I think it's past the period. Okay. I think it's past the, past the portal period. I think it was, he came here later. Um, um, then he was it was past the period, so they had to get a and had so, to give a waiver. And so, what's our like our stance as to why he should be, if we know he p- transferred too late? I I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to that question. Don't know the answer. Uh, okay. Other than other than he didn't want to be at Baylor anymore, and he wants to be here, and uh, he's already used his redshirt season, um, and he's which he's, I don't. The red shirt thing doesn't affect his transfer. No, but I'm just saying whether he's eligible. No, I'm just right saying away. though he. It, all I'm saying though is is that if he has to sit out a year, he loses a year of eligibility. He loses a year. Yeah, that's 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 the point. That's the point on that. So and what can, year is he classified? Yeah, he's classified as a junior. Okay. Okay. So last year at Baylor, he played in all 13 games, two starts, 37 tackles. His redshirt freshman year, he played in 13 games. Uh, didn't record stat line in the opener, but then had a pass breakup and blah, 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 blah. Uh, his freshman year, he played in the final three games uh, on special teams, but that was a year he redshirted. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he has two years of eligibility left. So he played two years for Baylor. He played two years for Baylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he's in danger of losing one of those years to would appear. hanging yes. out in a. Red Raider T-shirt, right? Yeah, that stinks. It does. It does. Yeah. So well, who knows? I mean, they could they could call today and say somebody says riveting reporting, Chuck. Well, I'm just <laughs> telling you what I know, man. You know, it's like you can't you can't be Geraldo on everything. Uh, I just I asked the question: Is he, what, did they get the phone call? No, they did not. Is that good or bad news? Don't know. Which is true. Don't know. My assumption is that that's bad news. And the fact that he uh, can't transfer right away is because he wasn't in the portal 
in the right period of time. So as a, as a result of that, um, he's not eligible so, to play yet. Who would have thunk it? There are actually rules in the NCAA mm. about transferring. There you go. What a shock. There's your riveting reporting. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Zach Kitley and Tyler Shuck next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. You know, whenever you talk about first games and being on the road, something that we've got to learn from. Uh, we finished the season, you know, at Iowa State winning, and then we won on the road in the bowl game, but we weren't great on the road last year. And so it gives this team a chance to really learn from last year and get ready to go this year. But playing a quality opponent, you know, you get to find out about yourself. And so we, we can't wait to, to get there. Actually going out a day early, so we can't wait to get to Wyoming. He uh, reiterated on that a little bit. Joey McGuire did last night on Red Raider football with uh, Joey McGuire. He said that uh, getting out and starting on the road gets us focused. Uh, didn't play well on the road. Chance to do something different. So um, we'll see. We'll see if that if that helps him. Um, not you know not looking to f- to find out to win a nail biter on Saturday, but you know maybe it kind of sets the tone for the other road games too. Jamie, kind of moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, when you're one and four like you were last year, and you, I mean, scoring almost less, almost twenty points less per game on the on the road than you did at home, you'd like to get off to a fast start on the road and kind of wipe all that away. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you finished the year well on the road by winning at Iowa State and you know winning your bowl game, even though it's a neutral site, and you start off on the road uh, this year with uh, Wyoming. We'll have coverage for you all day Saturday in our Optimum Game Day Live coverage. Specifically begins at 2.30. Uh, the kick is at 6.30. Then after the game, it's the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show with our humble host, Garrett Luft. Okay. Our humble host. Very humble. Yeah. I want, he, I've asked him about this. I don't, I don't think he's uh, gunning for this anytime soon. But, you know, his kids are young. And so they'll be, uh, they'll be out of school. Um, I say he is young for his kids. His kids are ones in high school and a couple are right behind. But... Maybe he'll go after a doctorate so he can be Dr. Luft at some point in time. Okay. I've asked him about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's got the uh, Hasn't the his general yet. answer be, yes, I'm tired of being a student? Yeah, but I mean, once once you get the kids out of the house and it's just you and your lucky lady, you go, eh, maybe i got some time on my hands that I can go be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know? Not that I'm looking to get any kind of postgraduate degrees or anything like that. You know? No. Uh-uh. That'd be fun. Yeah, I just don't. What would I do with it? You know, what would I do with it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to do anything different. All right. Um, Zach Kitley, who was uh, referred to over at the football office as the wizard, uh, was asked on uh, Monday, which is just the other day, about the strength of his offense and what he feels like the offense needs to work on before this game against Wyoming. Yeah, I think number one, you know, just and it's changed from last year, but I think just up front, we're just such a different team up front this year. And I know it seems like it's a broken record. We've, we've talked about it. We've hit on it a lot, but just the experience of those guys uh, this year compared to last and the, and the continuity they have and the adhesiveness that, they're, that they've been, a- been able to have together over spring and fall camp, uh, we feel really good about that. And then uh, just cleaning up some of the, the small m- mental mistakes a little bit before game one. You know, you want to go out there and be able to have a really clean game you know, limit the penalties, especially like the pre-snap penalties, false starts or illegal formations. Some of those things get those cleaned up before game one. Let me ask you this. With all the talk about the offensive line, Coach McGuire saying it's going to be a strength and Coach Kitley saying it's a broken record. We've been talking. Do you think there's 
you think there's extra pressure on these guys beyond what's already on these guys because of all the talk? Is there extra pressure? Yeah. Beyond what's already there, or is it? can you put any more? It's like, you got to give 110%. Well, can we, how about if we just give 100 and do that really well? Is there such a thing as 110%? Because you always hear that. Oh, he gave us 110% today. So I'm asking, is there extra pressure on top of the pressure? <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I was confused what you were asking. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's extra pressure. I don't, I don't think the guys feel it. Okay. I, I mean, I may be completely wrong, but that, that's my guess. Okay. I think what pressure they have is put on by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Shuck is uh, the starting quarterback for this uh, Red Raider football team. He was asked yesterday about the biggest improvement on this offense from this year to last year. I feel like the O-line, you know, I feel like O-line is just a veteran guys. And, you know, they play with some swagger and some confidence. You know, they're the first guys to the ball on tempo plays, even sometimes being our wide receivers. You know, they, they, they're fired up to come practice every single day. They give me juice. You know, we feed off of each other. So I think just, you know, we, we've always had really good skill guys, and we've had even better skill guys now. But the O-line, just having that attitude, and I think that's going to be reflected in our play. And the O line, man, everybody's everybody's high on the O line, Jamie. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Better I, than being low on them. No, I know, I know. It's better than going. Eh, I don't know what we got over there. Uh, Coach Kitley uh, asked about the ceiling for a couple of his receivers, Duran Bradley and Miles Price. Yeah, I mean those guys could have huge years. Uh, again, you know, it's it's kind of cool. We've uh, going through this year. And this camp, you know, going through some scrimmages and stuff, just the different looks our defense gives us. They do such a good job of mixing stuff up. Uh, you know, each practice, it's kind of like a, a, a different person who's getting the ball. Like, hey, maybe, you know, practice one, it was the slots that got a lot of the targets based on what they're doing defensively. And then practice two, it was those outside guys who were getting a lot of the targets. And so it's been really fun. You know, first off, having Coach Juice here. Uh, he played in this offense. He's a tremendous uh, football coach and, and even better, better guy. I love having him in my ear. And, and he does a great job of helping me out on a daily basis too so uh, but what I love about those guys there's no selfishness in that room I mean they understand uh, you know coming into certain games that hey this they they, they may press me in the slot and they're going to give up the gift outside to these outside guys so you know uh, you know those outside guys may have 10 to 15 catches that game and the slots may have two or three just depending on kind of what the defense has given us and and that's kind of the beauty of this offense but also the beauty of that room and, and how great those guys are and the unselfishness so I mean again I think the the ceiling for all those guys I mean you talk about another veteran group that we've got a lot of guys with a lot of experience and so uh, excited to see those guys this year and, and hopefully we start out strong this Saturday and just so you know coach juice is Justin Johnson uh, this is his first year uh, on the team. He's the offensive passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach. Uh, he he uh, came in and, uh, you know, when uh, Emmett Jones left to uh, to go to, did he go to Alabama? He, go to, he went to Alabama. Alabama, Oklahoma, Emmett Jones. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, okay. Mm-hmm. I knew it was one of those two schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the bottom line is, um, and it was funny because Coach McGuire was talking about him the other day saying that, you know, he was a guy that had called him and said, hey, you know, I've got an opportunity to go to Texas, blah, blah, blah. And Coach McGuire was like encouraging him to, to, to take that basically. And then in the, the opening come, came up on the tech staff basically the next day and he called him back and said, no, nope, you're not going there. You're coming here. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently uh, Coach Perry and Coach McGuire's wife had a, a relationship with coach justin johnson's wife and you know called her and got her in the loop and you know here we are 
So he's Coach Juice, Jamie. Okay, just so just so you know, Coach Juice. Well, I'm okay. just trying to keep you. I feel like you, this is the most uh, nickname having coaching staff slash team that we've ever had around here at what, Texas Tech. Would you like to know Coach Perry's uh, nickname that they have for him? Kenny I'd love Perry. to. Irish Hammer. The Irish Hammer. Irish Hammer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Irish Hammer. Uh, one last thing from uh, Tyler Shuck. Here is uh, his thoughts on his receiver, Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew he was going to be talented physically, but I think just his maturity level and, and his knowledge of the game has grown significantly. You know, how to run routes against certain coverages, how to get open, you know, versus man, when to shut it down here. Um, I think that just increases his his just zone of, of catches, you know, tenfold. You know, he can get open versus man. He can make big plays, but, you know, how smart he is. You know, he wants to be great. He's he's growing, and then obviously he's got the physical tools to go out there and be a, you know, a really good, you know, Paul of Fame wide receiver, right? in my opinion. He gets all the tools that you need in, the, in one of those guys, and he's been great for us, you know, so far. Hall of Fame. Yeah, that'd be that'd be, okay. that'd be good. How about just how about all conference? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start there. Okay, how about just you know player of the game that kind of thing. Uh, this being a tech fan for over sixty years with this much hype, we will sometimes lose. Yeah, that that does happen. We will sometimes. Yeah, I'm not expecting a perfect season. You know, I will, take it. We will but. sometimes lose. I uh, get this communique from uh, the future Doctor Luff. He says negatory, good buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll uh, you'll hear uh, Mr. Luff on uh, Saturday, the Saturday morning quarterback to start your day, and then you'll hear him on the Double T ninety seven three Coors Light post game show to end your day. Hopefully, he's as happy at the end of the day as he is at the start of the day. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Uh, Brett McMurphy is a college football writer and prognosticator. He's, he's got enough skins on the wall that he's got a lot of credibility, right? Brett McMurphy, you've heard that name before, right? Sure. Sure. Um, he uh, put together his bowl predictions. Now, he's not going to go 41 for 41 because he had picked before the season started his preseason bowl. He had projected Arizona State to be in the Independence Bowl. Well, they're, they've given themselves a bowl band. And um, he uh, he's now also uh, taking some teams out that uh, he'd previously had in. His uh, national championship game comes probably no surprise. Georgia and uh, Michigan, Rose Bowl, Michigan, and uh, Florida State in one semifinal, and Georgia and Ohio State in the other. But in the New York in the New Year's Six Bowls, which this year will be played on New Year's Day. Okay, I'm happy to report because New Year's Day is a Monday this year, and so they'll be played on New Year's Day. So get uh, get that. Although this, not all of them will be played on New Year's Day because um, you'll have the Sugar Bowl that'll be on New Year's Day. The Rose Bowl, as part of the college f- football playoffs, will be played on. On New Year's Day, um, the peach will be played on December 30th, the orange on December 30th, and the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl is uh, one that you should pay attention to if you're a fan of Brett McMurphy because he has the Texas Tech Red Raiders, whom he has winning the Big 12, Jamie, to take on the LSU Tigers. Wow. How about that? Um, 
you would be thrilled to win the Big 12, mm-hmm. <laughs> beyond thrilled. Uh, you'd be thrilled to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, I think. Um, of all the, the New Year's Six Bowls, I'd rather play in a different one than the Cotton Bowl, just mm-hmm. because it's, I don't know, you know, you've, you've played in that stadium before and all sure. that good stuff. Sure. But man, that would be, f- <laughs> that would make for a really, really fun 2023 football season. Mm. I don't know that, man, the love that Joey McGuire would have from this community. I mean, he might be. Can, can it get any better? It he might be high, high, more highly regarded than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he's he's pretty highly regarded right now. I mean, didn't bring home a Big 12 championship, though. Yeah. Didn't play in the Sugar. Didn't, didn't do play it, in the didn't do it for us like Joey McGuire would have. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I think Joey McGuire would be more loved than Patrick Mahomes yeah, around here if that prob- happened. It, that would get it. I Probably mean, the, push you over the top. But you take that today, right? It, it I mean, the man, be, the man love going for Joey McGuire for some now is pretty high. Oh, my God. Extremely high. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it would be through the roof if uh, we won a Big 12 championship. I mean, it wouldn't be coming to Pat who. Like, that's not how the conversation would go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But there'd be a new top dog in the in the city. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty top dog right now. I We'd mean, have to just, figure out a freeway or a loop or something to name after him. Well, we got a new loop coming. I mean, Loop eighty nine or whatever it is that they're building. Where's Where's that? It's over by Cooper. So at the old, it's the old fifteen eighty five. Oh, okay. That area. Okay. okay that they're building. They're, that I mean, seems they've too done far. A lot that of, seems too far away. They've done a lot of construction. Needs to be closer I, to campus. I, I remember, I remember uh, saying, you know, how ridiculous it was to to build the Marsha Sharp, or at least thinking, about, oh, will we even use that thing? Man, I use it ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I think people said that. People said that. Did you say that? I believe I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I said it out loud, but I even said. What are we doing over there, man? What are we doing? Well, because you're so used to Brownfield Highway and. All the stuff that was along there. And, and stopping every 15 seconds for a yeah. stoplight. Again. We wouldn't want to just keep going. Yeah. Man, there'd be no Sharpa bond. I know. What was life like for you then? That was, that was, it was different. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, people would park along the Brownfield Highway all up and down it to, to go into Jones Stadium. I mean, it was just, I mean, in the middle of it, in the middle of the, the medians and on the side there and, you know trounce across the the couple lengths of traffic to get into the stadium and, and it's just frogger it's just kind of the way it was yeah it's just it had the big uh, shopping center over there right across the street from the stadium you know that people would you know park in i remember you know all that kind of stuff you used know? to go to hastings over there yeah right right i was in school hastings and the mm-hmm. you know the copper and and uh, there's a couple of there's some shops over there there's a nice little hamburger place over there for a while. So okay. yeah, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. So you'd take that today, right? You'd you'd say, I'm good. Give me a big twelve and a cotton bowl bid and we'll go on about our business, right? You'd take that today, right? <laughs> I mean, you really think I'm gonna say no? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, so I would be disappointed. I ask you questions. I I ask you questions <laughs> all the time. And you and you, things I think that you're going to say yes to or no to, and you surprise I, me daily. I would take a Big 12 championship, mm-hmm. yes, and in an in a invitation to the 
to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. I am not predicting you're going to the yeah. college football playoff. Uh, somebody says this first was in there too. Yeah, the grocery store. Man, they used to be a really good customer when the Germans had it. I mean, the Germans owned it. I mean, they were. I mean, they and they spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. Uh, the outer loop needs to be called the Tadlock Turnpike. Okay, I like it. Okay, uh, that was Fourth Street, Chuck. Yeah, but it's also they called it the Brownfield Highway too. When I was living, when, when I first came here, um, this I did my tailgating across from the bubble off Brownfield Highway. See, see mm-hmm. there, see there you go. Uh, that somebody says this, boys. I am fired up. Football season is here. Good, welcome. Uh, only you said that, Chuck. No, I wasn't the only one that said that. There were a lot of naysayers. Well, uh, it seemed like a great idea. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Coach M is a very su- is Coach M is very successful. Tech would find a reason to fire him, so be careful. Oh, please, please, cry me a river. No. <laughs> the cry one thing I would river. be disappointed about in Chuck's scenario of playing in the Cotton Bowl and mm-hmm. winning the Big Twelve is that the Big Twelve champion wasn't in the college football playoff. Well, I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to be. I'd like to think that you could still pull that off. I I think if you have – the problem is I think if you have two Big 12 losses, that that's probably going to keep you out of the college football playoff. Did he say that you would be uh, 10-2? Did he have that as the record? I I don't know. I didn't see his – I saw that somewhere else yesterday, 10-2. Yeah. Losses to Baylor and Texas. Yeah. Uh, Somebody says this with regard to the tailgating over there. These are the real – literally tailgating, not a show-off contest. Uh, apparently not the grocery store, the eating place. Yeah, I, I thought that the I thought there was a grocery store there too, but maybe I'm. Maybe I thought I'm, there was too. I think there I think there was, and then it, I think the grocery store became the Hastings. If, if I'm remembering, if, if my memory is I correct, thought bo- I thought both were I thought, over there. I thought there was two over there too. Yeah, I thought both yeah. were over there. Yeah. Um, and then there was a video store like towards the front of the yes, lot too. Yes, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, there was a video store over there as well. Yeah. Me Lots and, of things in there. Me and future Mrs. Lent used to walk over there all the time. Well, get yourself a little date night, kind of a, this is before you. To the grocery store, to wherever, yeah. <laughs> is so that long. the grocery store you used to walk in and get the Mountain before Dew? There was yes, that's exactly right. Basically free? Free, yes. You do what now? They had this contest, Mountain Dew did when we were going to school. Uh-huh. And underneath the cap, like one in eight was... You would it would say you win a free Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Mountain Dew is light enough that you could tip the bottle <laughs> and see it. And so we would just go over there and we would grab ten or That's so, or funny, put them in our cart. We'd go check out and we'd save the caps. We'd come back and just over and over again. So go go back to your dorm room, put a little drink the dew, put and a little Seagrams in there, and uh, no, no, just uh, watch up. the movie. Straight up, watch the movie. And then uh, next time we went, we would take the caps and get them free again, yeah. over and over and over again. <laughs> this has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety seven three dot com.